Hello, members of the Resilient Catholics community. Dr. Peter here for week 31, which is all about caring for your exiles. This is our interconnections talk, week 31 in the Resilient Catholics community, how to help our exiles with losses, with grief, with neglect, with anger, with any wounds from childhood. We are focusing on becoming much more deeply connected with our exiles today, getting more into their human formation, helping them toward much healthier and better functioning. That is what today is all about. So just a quick review, three weeks ago, we began a three-week series bringing more of a spiritual dimension to our human formation work. We started that with week 28. We introduced spiritual confidants, how they can be really helpful in connecting with our parts in that process of recollection of integration. Two weeks ago in week 29, we did deepening work with spiritual confidants. We worked on identifying a particular spiritual confidant whom all the parts in a particular subsystem can tolerate. Then we worked to titrate the experience of that spiritual confidant, and we answered some questions about discernment. Last week, in week 30, we brought in your guardian angel as a possible spiritual confidant. We talked about the roles of a guardian angel, which can be summed up as to guide and to guard. We talked about the gentleness, the kindness, the love of guardian angels, how they know us, how they love us, and how they're always vigilant watching out for us. That can be really helpful to our protectors to know about how our guardian angels care for us. For those of you who really liked the spiritual material from the last three weeks, wait till we get to year two in the RCC. There's going to be so much more of a focus on the spiritual life in addition to the natural life. We're going to be really bringing those two together, the natural realm and the spiritual realm, in year two. Now, just a reminder, you can bring these spiritual confidants in at any point in the work. They can help so much with the work of our parts in various ways at various points, as long as the parts are open to it. And I encourage you to try new ways of connecting and relating, not just about spiritual matters, but also about natural matters, earthly matters, psychological issues, emotional wounds, not just wounds, but also the little hurts, the little aches and pains, the little things that parts experience. Remember, we are called to be little children of God the Father, little children of Mary, our mother, little children, parvolos, Little children who trust the love of their parents, those little children bring to those loving parents little things, little concerns, not just the big concerns, but little concerns too. So today, to get into the material for today, we're working from chapter 15 of our Bonnie Weiss workbook, which is called Reparenting an Exile. Now, I want to let you know that this is not standard IFS language. Reparenting is not standard IFS language. That's really more the language of Jay Early and Bonnie Weiss. It's a little idiosyncratic. It's particular to them. I'm absolutely convinced that the self can love the parts within a person with a tender care that can feel maternal or paternal. But at the same time, along with Richard Schwartz, I don't particularly resonate with the reparenting imagery between the self and parts. I do like parenting imagery from father figures and from God the Father, from St. Joseph. You might have other father figures that you rely on. 
I also like the parenting imagery, the mothering imagery from mother figures like Mother Mary. And I like the imagery of love from others, like St. Anne as a grandmother figure, St. Joachim as a grandfather figure. The main idea here is that the self can provide the exile with a new experience of interrelatedness, of love within. And that's really important because no one, not even God or Mary, can love you instead of you or in lieu of you. You can't delegate out the need for you to love you. You can't delegate that out to somebody else. And we've all known people who were dearly loved by others, but who did not love themselves. All that love from others, including love from God and Mary, could not replace that missing self-love. And we know that that ordered self-love is essential because we've been commanded by our Lord to love our neighbor as ourself. That ordered self-love is essential for loving others. So many people are blended with parts that literally hate other parts of them. There are such strong polarizations in so many people's systems. And because parts who blend are so motivated by an agenda, those blended parts often don't even see other parts in you in anything like a complete picture. So blended parts, when they have taken over your system, when they're driving your bus, they can treat other parts with indifference. Blended parts driving your bus often don't even notice other parts. They can drive that bus right over them and not even notice them because the vision and awareness of your blended parts is so partial. Your blended parts do not have a broad vision or a complete vision. They are laser focused on their agendas. They are driven by their role, which does not take into consideration all of you, the whole of you, all of your parts, all of your personhood. It is yourself who is uniquely able to see the bigger picture of yourself. It is yourself who can most effectively lead and guide your system in the natural realm who can most effectively love you. I argue that the parts need the self in order to be loving toward other parts. In other words, a part of you can't love another part of you without yourself. Now, it's possible I could be wrong about that, but in practice, I do not see people who are really blended being able to love themselves or others very well at all. And they don't have a sense of peace and security when they're blended. There's not enough safety and protection to really get outside of themselves under ordinary circumstances. Now, I'm open to the possibility of extraordinary help, you know, through extraordinary graces in certain moments from God. That certainly may be possible. But remember, God really respects the freedom he has given us to love or to not love, to decide, to choose. Free will is so important to God. We wouldn't be expecting him to use these extraordinary means all the time. We don't want to rely on that as a primary mode of operating. Okay, so what is the process of caring for an exile from self? Well, let's let's go over some assumptions. If we're going to be approaching this, we're assuming that you are relatively unblended. That's first. We spent a lot of time in weeks six and seven on unblending. And it may be useful to review that that material from those weeks if you're having trouble with unblending. The basic idea is that your recollected self, your unblended self, 
can offer your exile a positive experience of love, attunement, care, tenderness, kindness, whatever the exile needed at a past moment when there was wounding, when there was pain, when there was trouble. Thus, there is a new experience, a new positive experience of love and attunement that transforms the old negative experience, that resolves the old negative experience, allowing the old negative experience to be integrated into one's life story much more seamlessly so that the parts no longer have to carry so much energy, so much agitation, so much angst or grief or whatever the emotional reaction was, whatever the response was to the hurt. This doesn't mean we're changing the original event. We don't have a way back machine to go back in time and stop the original event from happening. What we're changing is the effects of the original event, the impact of the original event. We are resolving the memory so that we don't have to continue to react with it with the same emotional and psychological intensity, even though it happened years in the past. So today we're connecting back to the witnessing of the childhood origins of exile's burdens. We covered that extensively in weeks 26 and 27. In that witnessing, that's when your exile shares with you a memory of an event in which the exile took on a burden of pain, of negative beliefs, that emotional pain, that relational hurt, those negative beliefs, all that stuff becomes the burden of the exile. So let's just give an example. Let's say you have a memory of really struggling to adjust to first grade. You were having difficulty with reading and you got a bad grade on a reading comprehension test. And mom got really worried. You overheard her discussing your grade with dad. What are we gonna do? This isn't going well. Our child is not reading well. And let's say a sensitive part of you internalized the belief that you are stupid. And that not only are you stupid, but you are upsetting mom, destabilizing her, and you so desperately need her to love you. Mom has been taken over by an insecure part who's driving her bus. She's feeling inadequate as a mother. She's worried that she didn't raise you correctly. And now her worthlessness as a mother is being exposed for the teachers and the staff at your school to see. So your mother has a catastrophizing part, and that's playing out images of you failing as a student, you failing in life, not being able to make it on your own. And her, the mother, being responsible for it all. All of that is burdening your sensitive part with guilt and shame. And so a whole subsystem forms around the exile who is carrying the burden and shame and worthlessness and the identity of being stupid. A whole subsystem, like a clove of garlic within a larger bulb of garlic. You know, protectors come up. One protector is all about driving hard to learn everything, to become a great reader, the best reader, to work really, really hard so that mom doesn't react that way again. Uh, Another protector is all about avoiding giving mom any more bad news, how to hide grades, maybe how to cheat on worksheets and get better grades. And another protector part may be working on how not to care about what mom thinks, distancing from mom, seeking the attention from your kind first grade teacher who accepts that you're struggling to read, wanting your teacher to be your mom, seeking maternal care from the teacher. As you can see how there's different protectors that come up in different ways. 
around this exile who's carrying that burden. And at the core of the subsystem, we have the exile with the burden, the burden of feeling stupid and therefore losing mom's love. So in this example, we're going to seek permission from the, ex- from the protectors to connect with the exile. Now, a lot of preparatory work has gone into this. We've covered that preparatory work in weeks 20 to 27. You can review those weeks if you need a refresher. And just a reminder that we don't have to do anything perfectly. These kinds of things can be very approximate and very effective at the same time. So when we are caring for Excel in this week, if you're ready, we're going to go back to some painful, burdensome childhood memory that your Excel shares with you, just focusing on one memory. And this is how it goes. In your mind's eye, the self connects with the Excel in the memory. The experience of the self being with the Excel, that's the central thing. That's what's going to help resolve the memory. The exile will be no longer alone. The self is now present. And that is a game changer. You can invite, if it's good with your parts, you can invite one or more of your spiritual confidants to also be present. Yourself doesn't have to do all the loving and caring on your own. Great healing can come from God, Mary, the saints, and the angels. But the self should also be present. Because the self needs to be involved in loving the exile too. You have to be able to love your exile. And the key to that is bringing in yourself. Being open to however the exile might want to communicate. That's really important. That could be words, but it could also be touch or or intuition or body sensations or visual expressions. However the exile chooses to make herself or himself known to you. So the central word here is connection. Can you imagine how you would care for a young child with the same issues as your exile? A son or a daughter, a niece or a nephew, a little one with the same problem at the same age. So for those of you with lots of childcare experience, you have an experiential base and a recommendation I often make is to see yourself caring for the exile in the same way you would care for any other young person, any other young child struggling with the same issue. The important thing is to be with the exile in the way that the exile needed someone, right? Bonnie Weiss lists these important ways of caring for your exile at the top of page 94 in our workbook. Could be providing support, could be providing approval, could be giving protection from harm, could be through encouragement or love. And in addition to those, there's other ways to think about this. There's the five attachment security needs, feeling safe and protected, feeling seen, heard, known, and understood, feeling calmed, reassured, and soothed, feeling cherished, treasured, and delighted in, and the exile having a sense that his or her highest good is being sought by the self. In summary, you as the self are being with the exile in just the way the exile needed in that moment in the past, being the one who the exile needed. And if spiritual confidants are are involved, connecting the exile to a spiritual confidant in the way that the exile needed as well. This can be very satisfying for both the exile and the self. Something about it just really feels right when the exile is getting the care, the attunement, the love that he or she needs. 
we are looking for a corrective emotional experience, a corrective relational experience for the exile. And if we get that experience, it actually begins to change our brains at a neurological level. The original wiring in our brains, the neural networks that were formed by the negative experience are actually transformed. They're not just suppressed, they're not just overpowered by new neural networks, which is what happens to in some approaches to overcoming trauma, but the original neural networks, the original wiring is reworked in a way that no longer generates so much distress. So the roles for the self in caring for the exile in the memory, you could ask the exile what it needs or work on sensing from the exile what it needs. And I say sensing because some exiles might be pre-verbal, they might not have expressive language capabilities. And then to provide what the exile needs. You can do that yourself or you can mediate it, passing on the request to a spiritual confidant. All right, so some specific courses of action. The exile might want you to take action in the memory to intervene in some way. The exile might want you to be his or her advocate, talking, for example, with your mother about your grades and lowering the emotional and psychological pressure in the situation. The exile might want support from you to speak from his or her experience, to tell your mother about the experience of her as she is blended with her catastrophizing part. The exile might just want you near, just close by for comfort, or the exile might want some kind of physical contact. It's really important not to try to make the exile change in any particular way. If you notice that you have a desire to fix the exile or to change the exile, that's another part. There's blending going on with another part, a concerned part. And we need to see if that concerned part can relax back, can soften back, so that you as the self can be with the exile. And we have experiential exercises on helping concerned parts unblend in week seven. The healing comes from experiencing love. You don't need to be in formal therapy for that at all. We're not doing therapy here. We don't do therapy in the RCC at all. This is about you learning to love you. And so we're not trying to correct the exile's perceptions or feelings or beliefs. We're actually providing a new experience of relationship internally, a corrective internal relational experience that heals. And here are some more examples from Jay Early about how the self can care for the exile. These are from page 237 of his book, Self Therapy. And he says, if the exile wasn't cared for as a child, you might hold her to your heart and tell her you love her. If the exile is starving because she was bottle fed on a schedule instead of when she was hungry, you might cradle her in your arms and feed her to her heart's content. If the exile was blamed for your family's problems, you might explain that what happened wasn't her fault and that she is a good child. You can think about how Mary and St. Joseph would have responded differently in those situations, putting them in the role of your parents instead, so Mary and Joseph can do the reparenting. If your exile was ridiculed when she was sad, you can give her permission to cry the tears that she couldn't shed back in the day when it all happened. You could explain that her sadness was a perfectly natural response to the situation she was in and that there's nothing wrong with her for feeling sad. If your exile was hit by your father, you can enter into that scene and protect your exile from his internalized presence so that your exile feels safe. If your mother ignored your exile, you can enter the scene and speak out to the image of your mother, telling her that that's no way to treat a child. 
if your XL had to perform for your parents to be a high achiever for them to value the XL, you could tell the XL that that XL doesn't need to do anything for you. You just love that XL and value that XL just the way that XL is right now. If your parents never had time to listen to your exile, you could take the time to hear the intimate details of that exile's experience, to hear that exile out all the way. If that exile was alone a lot, you could be her buddy and playmate and have fun with her or him. If your exile never had anyone explain to her or him how the world works or to support as that exile developed their abilities, you can do that for your exile now. If your exile was made to feel responsible for your parents' feelings, you can let her know that that wasn't okay and that they were the adults and that your exile was only a child and it wasn't your exile's job to take care of your parents. And if your exile feels ashamed for feeling angry or needy or for having sexual feelings, you can tell her that spontaneously arising feelings or desires are completely natural for a child to have. There's nothing morally wrong with them. Now, as you do this, you want to monitor, you want to check for blending, you want to know where you are with those eight C's, calm, compassion, clarity, curiosity, connection, courage, creativity, confidence. Notice if you have an agenda, you want to have a big open heart and a willingness to love your exile. So pay attention to the cues in your body, track what's going on inside, because this level of connecting with your exile, it can't be faked. Some parts might try to do it on their own. But we really need a self to be present. Parts can't heal other parts on their own without a self. Fears of protectors. Protectors can have various fears. Fears that the exiles pain and distress and neediness will overwhelm the system. Fears that if that happens, that you won't be able to function. Things will break down. There can be a lack of confidence that you as the self can lead and guide. They Protectors could be judging the exile negatively, condemning the exile as bad or unworthy. Fears that the self is not up to the job of loving the exile because the needs are too great. Fears that the process would be disruptive to daily life or take up too much time and energy. The concerned protectors often need reassurance and some attention. So let's not just become laser focused on the exile because the self needs to love all the parts in the process. And to be aware of where parts are, all the parts in that subsystem, all the parts in that clove of garlic, if you will, how they're doing. As we go along, we want to check in with the exile too. How's it going? Is she aware of you? Can you ask your exile to look at you? Is your exile feeling loved and comforted? Where are we with trust? Those kinds of things. And then finally, it's important to focus on the experience of the exile. When an exile realizes in the, in the comfort of the relationship, in the security of the relationship with the self, that things can be okay, that actually things can be better than okay, that life can be good, that life can be great, that love exists and that love exists for me, the exile, I can be loved, I'm lovable, I'm good, I can be happy, I can feel safe and loved and protected. That's an amazing thing. That's a transformative experience. The XL is no longer trapped in the past, not caught in some never-ending eddy or whirlpool of the effects of trauma. This is an amazing experience for an XL. It's truly life-changing. 
And it's a privilege to be with a person system as the self loves the exile for the first time. That experience is really transformative. And so we want to let the exile have time to take in that experience. We don't want to rush that. We want that, that exile to notice how he or she feels to take time to really let that sink in. So, Get your pens, pencils, and paper, and I will meet you on the other side for the experiential exercise.